Are you wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing? Don't flip out. Go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Whoa! This one is called The Pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Oh, boy. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it does. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting from Chobo Studios in beautiful... Downtown Van Nuys. That's right. And today... We have a very special episode. What 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 do, what do our listeners have uh, in store for them today, Ed? Got news for you, buddy. Very simple. Joy first, and good fortune follows. Yes, that's the name of the show. Joy first, and good fortune follows with Paulette Pipe. She is amazing meditation teacher, touching the stillness. We met her when we were back on Unity Online Radio. Um. And she still she she earned a Myrtle Fillmore Award recently. Wow! We can get the official name of that award, but that's actually what I listened to her talk speech, if yeah. you will. And I was so inspired that I was like, "We gotta reach out to Paulette and see if she'll come on." And uh, so she was nice enough to do so. So we'll talk to her during the second segment. So today's show: Joy first, and good fortune follows. A close relation exists between joy and prosperity. Observing this relation, we have erroneously concluded that prosperity is the cause of joy. The truth is that joy is the open door to prosperity. It is also a universally accepted truth that joy is conducive to health. If this, if this be true, and we all instinctively know that it is true, we should cultivate joy as a good medicine and secure investment. On this episode, that is so true, Daryl and Ed motivate us to think happy things Sing joyous songs and radiate the radiate the buoyant health and accept the lavish prosperity which is divinely ours. And during the second segment, Unity Minister, worldwide meditation teacher, practicer of the principle, the honorary award winner of some sort of Myrtle Fillmore Lifetime Achievement Award for doing it, doing it on the highest level. Paulette Pipe inspires us. To awaken the joyous spirit, the joyous spirit within by affirming ourselves to be joyous. And you know, two things for me right away. Yesterday, joy first, save my 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 behind, because when I woke up, joy first came in and, and and it really put a lot of the gospel kind of message to like when Jesus calls, which calls when that inner Christ calls through joy, when I have that moment of clarity, of revelation. I have to sell everything and follow that. Every, by everything, I mean the fears, doubts, and worries, the things, 
that start to come up and say, oh, that's great, Ed, but you got to do this and this and this today that start to like, oh, that's great. They start to push it. And then I, in the past, I would get so defeated inwardly that I'd be like, ah, I guess I'll have to wait till it comes back around again. But now I realize like my work is to keep sell all of that and find ways to redirect myself back into joy. And so that was amazing for my morning routine yesterday. And then on Thursday, because I had school off on Friday, I was, we came back from Unity Village. We were both hung over in, in uh, just from so many spiritual messages, from being sort of a unique presence amongst ministers of churches. I mean, we, uh, this is a ministry, but it's a very different kind of thing and um, in some ways. And um, health-wise, just from flying. And so, but I was still pretty strong because I had affirmed this time before well, going into that trip, I am going to be healthy and happy while I'm there. Because in the past when I travel, it would wear me out, you know, like quickly. But I made it all the way to the finish line. And then Stephen Tom Thorpe and I are in the plane on the last flight, last leg because we took a, a double, you know, like a, a stopover in Denver on the way home. This dude, the friendliest guy ever. He sits in the middle of us. But like as soon as the lights go down and we're flying, this guy starts coughing like he's on his last legs, man. And he's a young fella. Well, Steven said he was sweating. Oh, my God. There and was... it looked like he had like some sort of West Nile, <laughs> West Nile virus. Yes. He went from like the happiest, healthiest <laughs> to like all of a sudden I felt like it was almost weekend at Bernie's. I was like, this dude might not make it through this flight. Thankfully, he kept leaning his head towards Steven's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like doing the, the old style lean out away my window, away from my aisle. And, uh, but, um, <laughs> but I still maintained. I was still I'm feeling a little tired and run down. Thursday came. We had a short week at school. I didn't get back till Tuesday. We didn't have school Friday. But every, I had five hours of meetings, meeting with individual teachers about students we collaborate with. And I swear, every one of them, I was like, oh, God, where is this coming from? They're all, each one had a separate ca uh, hat, khaki cough, a sneeze, uh. whatever it was. And I was like, please, God. And so I finally got through the meetings and had time to eat lunch. And I saw my amazing assistant, Dulce. Uh, she is um, into this stuff. I don't know how she got into it, but she, you know, she loves our show. She always reminds me, speak it into existence, Mr. B. Like, where's the happy person that shows up on the show if she sees me like, like acting like a schlub, you know? <laughs> and so, you want to say something about that? No, because you wear the disguise of a schlub at school. Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, I put on the schlub mask. So, I saw her right before I'm going to lunch, and she said, is this thing hitting you? Like, the physical thing? She's like, everyone around here is sick. She's like, I'm finding it, though. I'm like just hanging on, you know, like, and I said, me too. I can. So I went to lunch and the thing was, it wasn't just the physical part. It was my mind was starting to see the world through like a gray lens, you know, like that was coming along with the thoughts about and about being sick and this and that and the other thing. And so I went to go get some delicious food at Ono Hawaiian, you know? Yeah. And in the parking lot though, I spoke it. I was, I am healthy. I am happy. Every, and, and I started with, I am joyous. I yeah. am going to, I am going to be the radiant light to each person yes. I meet. Like I always am when I'm happy yes. and just be, you know, in alignment with myself. And I said, I'm just putting it in God's hands. And I showed up and I thank, I you know, said hello to everyone that I encountered and just, just put joy first. By the time I got, we got back to school, I was a different person. By the time the school day ended a couple hours ago, that I was completely feeling healthy and fine and inspired 
and it's continued since then. So joy first, good fortune follows. Yes. The name of the show. So are we going to, speaking of joy, are we going to let people know what this is all about as far as being a Funniest Thing Club member? Yes. And we've been learning a lot about how this is really in alignment with Fillmore's, the Fillmore's original vision of the of what unity was about you know what was it called that they would send out these things you could you could create like a society of silent help was that it see was it secret society (laughs) (laughs) there was some name originally but whatever it was they could send out the material you could start your own group and the idea was to make it as accessible and personal and everyone can do it. everyone can do anyone and anyone and it works for everyone. everyone And that's why the show um, gives us such a boost and why we love doing it is because the whole thing is you're already living by these principles, whether you know it or not. The books that you need to read are available on Amazon for really cheap if you want to get them used. bolster your morning routine. The yes. morning routine anyone can do. You don't even, you don't need some, like, you just need to sit down and do a little bit of inspired reading, a little bit of... Um, meditation of just rest you know resting in the stillness and the silence for a little while just to let all of the anxious thoughts pass on through and then do do some put your voice to it make some affirmative declarations once you're in that inspired state of mind write down an inspired to-do list it's a everyone can do it and you, and you can start now and it works Yes, it's very simple. Yeah, and you don't make don't make a, a don't make it difficult for yourself. That's right. Just wake up. Start by just waking up seven minutes earlier. That's how I did it. Right. Read a few simple uh, daily readers. You know, we give tons of suggestions on this show. Yeah. You know, the Daily Words, one of them. Uh, Around. Around the Year with Emmett Fox is another one. Mm-hmm. A Deep Breath of Life by uh, Alan Cohen's another one. There's many, many, many. If you go to any bookstore, if you even just look online on Amazon, Daily Reader, and they all have something inspiring that just is enough, that's just enough to get your mind reconnected with the great reality that the stream of life is always moving in a positive direction. Yes. And... Once your mind is in harmony with that, with the readings, then it's easy to do contemplation. It's funny because, or meditation, we were at this thing. We heard 20 sermons. and The thing was the Fillmore Bible Society Gathering, the first annual Fillmore Bible Society Gathering, Uh, hosted by Mark Hicks at Unity Village at the Unity Hotel and Conference Center. So, and uh, we were honored to be invited. We yes. talked about it before we went. But we, we actually did an episode from there, which people enjoyed. Yeah, we heard more sermons than anyone should undertake in a 24-hour period. Right. But we did discover some things that the morning routine is something that works, and it's been around for a long, long time, and it's yes. just been given different names. One name that we learned is called Lectio Divina. And I'm going, this is the morning routine. Yep. And all it is, exactly what was shared with me, exactly what we share with you, which is when you wake up, read a little something first that's positive and inspiring. Yes. Because that 
get your mind. It's like it's like when priming the pump to a, a well, you got to pump it a few times before the flow of the water comes. Right. So now it's get it starts to get your mind woken up and moving in harmony with the positive stream of life. And now that that's sinking in, meditate, pray. Pray does not mean, oh, please, I hope, oh, God, if you're willing. We're all about accepting, not begging. We got a couple of good readings about that. Meaning, go into pray. Isn't it funny how pray, you can slip in, it's also praise. Right. So it really is synonymous with praise. So start thinking like Ed did in advance. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful. My day is going to go out better than expected. Things are going to work out wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, what wonderful way is this thing going to work out that I've been concerned about? I'm trusting you. Thank you for surprising me yeah. with something positive. And then contemplate. Now, by the time you get to the contemplation, which means thinking about your day and imagining it the way you would like it to go. Yeah. that's And this is... These are religious things. The problem is by the time I got to the religions that talk this stuff, it was... <laughs> we are joyous. And I was like, I was like oh my goodness. This I guess is... joy doesn't mean what I thought it did. And you know what's funny? You could go back even... I, I This, you could go back over 2,000 years ago. I just sent this. And this is what I mean. You got to have a group. You don't have to, but it's nice to have a group of friends that you meet with or are reading the same books or different books in the same vein. You don't necessarily have to go to a particular church, nor do we prescribe that. But if you have some friends that are willing and want to grow along these lines, you can get together with them and then you end up shooting uh, texts and stuff back and forth. Yes. Well, isn't this funny? I'm going to read this. This is from in the Bible, Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 35. This is another example of someone who did a morning routine, and look how he turned out. You ready? (laughs) Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, (laughs) and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I wake up before Uh. Lori. I get up an hour before my wife. When I'm up early, I don't go, oh, I should wake her up too. Because No, no. I let her sleep, and I make my coffee. I grumble a little bit to myself, but I remind myself, come on, we're going to go do our routine, and everything's going to change. Right. And I make my coffee. I sit down. And once this becomes a habit where you're doing the routine from wherever you do it in your home— you know, if you live in a place, I was living in Hawaii for a while, and I would do it outside on my lanai, which is a fancy word for the balcony. When I was in the military, I'd go out to lanai, I'd look out over the ocean, I'd do my readings. And this is the thing. What happens is it becomes so ingrained in your subconscious that now as soon as I pull the books out of the little place where I keep a little of my morning books and I put it on the couch I and I go to sit down with my coffee— I already start feeling my mood. Yes. Getting help, get, getting like uplifted. Yes. Even if I, I'm really down, it's still, even if I'm at my worst, even if I have a headache, even if I have a cold, <laughs> I still do my morning routine 
and just sitting on the couch, I start to get a, a sense of hope, a hopeful mood, <laughs> yes. right? It comes over yes. me. So we highly recommend hey, it. Can I tell you something? I don't know where this episode is going to keep going, but I was looking at metaphysical meaning of house, right? Because he left the house. Oh, yeah. And it says, metaphysical, this is from Truth Unity, metaphysical meaning of house, the house that God builds and dwells in is man's body. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, the body temple, for we are a temple of the living God. I was thinking, leaving the house, like meditating, leaving our physical senses, our body, all those concerns and getting into that spiritual place is like, uh, helps me understand what like, in that story, Jesus left the house. Yeah. Like, cause that's what I gotta do. I gotta leave all that stuff behind and go into that connection, that direct connection ah, with my divinity. And then it brings light to the house when I return back to the house. And uh, something that helps me lately too is the word temple. There's a reason why this, and I'm pointing to my head if you're, on, if you're not on YouTube yet. If you're not on YouTube the yet, tem- go on you YouTube. You know the temple, like when you were a kid, someone would throw a football at a friend <laughs> and you would think, oh my God, he's going to die. He hit yeah. him in the temple. Oh, yeah. You know what? No one ever died. Well, we're talking about that spot on your head. Right. And when you think that- of, when you hear the word temple mentioned in... Um, Spiritual text, and you imagine it talking about this temple. That's what the it's talking about. Temple. It's it's amazing because that's like a Neville Goddard thing as well. I've heard, I think I I might have heard him talk about that, but that's just something to consider because when that light goes on, when the Christ enters the temple within our, which is our mind, and, yeah. and we start doing what you're saying, imagining the day and creating the day that we desire, one that brings us joy and giddiness yes. and real, it really does transform my experience of life. Yeah, it yep. really is wonderful. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Being a member of the funny. So system. this goes along with having a little community. We just like to call it for fun, the funniest thing group. But we're basically saying club, if you, will. you can have a yeah, funniest thing club. You can have a group of friends and it doesn't even have to be if you don't have friends right around you that are into it. Well, you have us. You listen to us every week. And if you're a Patreon contributor, you could join us Tuesday nights, every Tuesday, and we do a a prosperity workshop where you get to participate with us, which is the same thing, because we're all in this together. We're, We're no further ahead than you. We're discovering it and applying it and getting results, and we get enthusiastic and we like to hear how you do the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, let me do like a coaching technique. Is our manager around? Andy? Oh, no. Here we go. He's not hearing. If you want to join us for the Prosperity Zoom and you're not on Patreon yet, hit us up and we'll give you the link. Hopefully, it will inspire you to realize that you do have $3 that you could contribute. contribute. But it, that doesn't even matter. Yeah, we're not going to. If gonna you're like going, I want to be on that call, hit us up. We'll send you the link. If after a couple tries you still don't feel prosperous enough, I might not give you the link again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in the meanwhile, no, you hit will, us up. But you will get I results. Know, I'm just playing. So this is something you can consider in your mind. This is what like we do. We're a group of truth enthusiasts who live each day as ambassadors of God's love. So think about that. You know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a secret agent. And then when I discovered these things, it became clear that my job, and it was presented to me as an idea that I grabbed a hold of, was, you know, yeah, 
You're in the Coast Guard, but that's just your cover. You're really a secret agent, an ambassador of God's love working on his behalf. Yes. And what that does it is it takes the weight of any job you have off your shoulders because that's that's it it it's a very little consequence what I ended up doing from that time till now throughout my lifetime as far as what you would call a career or a job because I would always have to default back to I'm an agent of God I'm on a mission you know, and it changes everything. Of yeah. course, if you live this way, from my experience in my life, you'll end up getting promoted, you'll end up getting rewarded, and new opportunities to utilize the things, your talents and abilities that you really enjoy um, participating in will come into your life. And then going on, as we consciously radiate love, which is what I just said here, another way of saying it, we perform everyday miracles and experience better than expected outcomes. It's another thing of saying joy first, good fortune follows. Being an ambassador of God's love as your primary purpose throughout your day, you're going to get benefits. You're not, I'm not saying we're doing it expecting any benefits because the fun is the intention that you're an ambassador of God's love. That's enough for the joy to motivate me to do things. Even walking the hill. Sometimes I don't want to walk the hill. But I've turned it into like being an ambassador of God's love on this walk. Yes. Like radiating love in my mind to the people I'm passing. And then seeing people spontaneously say hello, but like out, hey, or and people recognize me that that mission of being a God's ambassador of love on my little hike, even when I don't want to do it. All of a sudden, that goes off in my mind, and it always ends up funniest thing. I end up meeting somebody, or yeah, it's just incredible, folks. If you're already living this way or strive to, then you may consider yourself a member. And this is why Ed and I love doing the show. This is the last line in our Funniest Thing Club mission statement. We motivate one another by simply sharing how miracles occurred naturally in our circumstances as the result of living lovingly and expectantly. And that's the crazy idea of joy first, good fortune follows. First of all, when I first heard that, it didn't sound so absurd to me that I tossed it out the window. You know, a good friend of mine said, happiness is not, you know, these people aren't, aren't happy because they're rich. They're rich because they're happy. And it became clear through his, through me watching him live this way, like we're just sharing, that, dude, this guy would joyfully expect, like joyfully just expect things to work out in some wonderful way. Yep. And he was getting results. And he was an ordinary guy. He wasn't a minister. You know, at the time he was a show, he was a chauffeur. And he would drive uh, Tom Selleck around because they were filming Magnum P.I. in Hawaii at the time. And, like, he would do things and go, yeah, you know, I got to go do this. I don't know. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that would be too stressful for me to handle. And he'd go, ah, I'm sure God's going to work this thing out in a wonderful way. Then later on, you're not going to believe it. Funniest thing. And he would tell me the story, and I'm going, I want to learn how to live that way. Right. Well, that's the key. <clears throat> Joy first 
health follows. Doctors will tell you this. Yeah. The best patient is a joyful, hopeful patient. That's right. And the proof is in the data because they could show you yeah. that you know, the we, optimistic patient yep. gets the most uh, positive results from the treatment. Always, always. Um, you can actually, I, I put up my talk on uh, that I gave on YouTube you want to check it out and i described how i went through that hip healing again using these principles and it was definitely true what you just said both of us read the same paragraph from you unlimited by norman lundy this morning wait but here's the thing folks ed we were driving here because we do not live together like a lot of people might think we actually aren't like ernie yeah. and bert with two little beds in the same That's room right but when we were do we have separate lives separate wives and we come together to do this stuff but here's the thing we're driving to in our separate cars to come here, and it goes, ooh, what do you got, anything? I said, yeah, I got this and that. We're talking about the readings for the show. And he goes, I, I do you have something about Lundy. I found this. Do you have anything? I said, yeah, I got something from Lundy. Uh, and he goes, I got something. Like, and a little thing in my mind said, there's no way it's going to be the same, the same paragraph. Thing. Yes. He starts reading it, and I'm going, now, this book is a huge book. I just opened and, and read what, this very thing, and he read the same and thing. And I just... Turn to it this morning at home, and I go, like, I didn't go, I got to find a reading. This right. is just one of the books because we're reading it every yes. week with a group of guys. So I just opened it and go, ah, what's this? And he started telling me, like, holy cow, that's the exact same thing I thought would yeah, be so crazy. We're going to read this. We'll share a little uh, postcard from Kirky. We'll get to the break, and we'll get. Uh, I should just do the quick okay, tail wags dog. Yeah. Just so we can always clear. kick off the, the second. Oh, that's true that as well. So this part from You Unlimited says, and it's from Don't Beg, Accept is the name of the chapter. It starts with affirmative prayer is the doorway to freedom. Prayer, when properly properly understood and applied to life, can change every undesirable condition. Emma Curtis Hopkins was one of the great founders of the New Thought movement. She and Mary Baker Eddy were both students of Phineas P. Quinby. So Emma Curtis Hopkins stated, the only difference between our prayers and the truth and the old Orthodox prayers is that the way we pray uh, the, is, that the, as, is that we pray as if we had already received the blessings instead of begging for them. In other words, we pray believing that we have, as Jesus taught us, we say, that, oh, we pray believing that we have, as Jesus taught us. We say, thank thee, Father, that this man is healed. And that puts you in a joyful frame of mind. Yes, I, yes. That when was you're, when I click into that, I feel yes. high. I affirmed it for Dulce when I was also. And when you I know came that back means home, sweet, right? Yes, and she is sweet. And I affirmed it for her, and we both experienced the healing. We do not beg for the man to be healed. This is the big difference in the prayer technique. Both Mary Baker Eddy and Mrs. Hopkins had an unusual technique that interests me. <clears throat> During the healing treatments, if they didn't see immediate improvements in their patient, they would treat against ecclesiasticism and this amazed me and that means over over attention to like the rules the details the superstitions <clears throat> yes and remember jesus said the letter of the law killeth the spirit gives it life so they started focusing more on the spirit because if you lose the spirit the letters end up killing the whole thing and turn into 10,000 laws and rules you're trying to follow whereas if you have the spirit that's all you need really why did they do this actually for very much the same reason that Jesus often said, the sins be forgiven thee, thy sins be forgiven thee. 
The mere shedding of the burden of guilt was often enough to heal. Certain religiosities had become so deeply embedded in the minds of the patients that they resisted healing. Belief that man was born to suffer was influencing them so deeply that they had to be freed and this ancient fallacy of this ancient fallacy before they could be healed. This idea that man is born to suffer, the superstition that his days must be filled with woe, is still being perpetuated in the minds of millions of people every day. Nothing could be further from the truth. Man is born to glorify God and nothing else. If we're not happy, if we're not a happy people, healthy and joyously radiating love, we are not expressing God and are missing the very thing for which we were born. Yeah, that's why if you're listening to us now and there's something that you've been desiring, whether it's healing or prosperity or <clears throat> doing something that you've been gnawing and always wanting to do, but you've been denying yourself and putting it off, well, here's a fun game that you can do that actually was, it's, it's a spiritual principle that has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Jesus picked up on it. Other people have picked up on it. And it's simply this. Start imagining yourself as if you've already accomplished or you've already had that healing the feeling of relief yes the feeling of holy cow i've achieved the thing i've desired to do yes how would you how would you walk how would you talk how would you carry yourself if that was already true today yeah and mike dugan who was my mentor years ago when i first started with this stuff i was not too sure about how I was going to earn a living from the rest of my life because I didn't have a family to fall back on. And I was in the military. And when he met me, I was very low ranking in the military. And he helped me grasp this idea in ways that you would think are foolish or you would think aren't uh, spiritual. But let me tell you, they are and they work. Because yes. I have never been without mm. since. One of the things he said when I was struggling, going, "There's, I don't know how I'm ever gonna, how am I ever gonna figure out how to earn a living? I mean, I'm an E3 and military. I don't know what I'm gonna do after this. I don't know if I want to stay." He goes, "Daryl, one of the things he said is, do you have enough money for today? That, what do you mean? Do you have enough money? Is your rent paid? Do you have enough money for your food today? Whatever you need today, do you have enough?" Oh, I got more than enough. He goes, great. Hang on to that. And tomorrow you're also going to have more than enough. Another trick he did to me was, you know, when I would feel insecure again, how would it feel if you knew, if you just found out you won the million and then it was a million dollars was a lot of money in 1986, but just say you won the super lotto today. How, and like, think about this. How would you feel? Get into this. If you how would you feel if you found out, holy shit, I won the super lotto, honey, your, to your friends, to your family? How would you feel? You'd feel relieved. If you wouldn't feel relieved, you're a liar. <laughs> you would feel relieved. Yes. And you would feel enthusiastic. And I said, I'd feel great. He goes, good. Then hang on to that. And you will always have more than enough. And you know what? 
I didn't have it in me to try to push and shove and struggle. And I just want to read this one thing before we close. So after our trip, I was... Is this Tailwag stuff? No. This is oh, short. nice. Okay. Because uh, no. I was going to say, let's hit that after the No, break. we'll do that after. Okay, good. So I was talking with Stephen Tom Thorpe on the way after the... Because there was a lot of good things that we had awakenings... Yeah, because of some of the things we heard that we disagreed with, mm-hmm. it led to. That's why you know you hear things you don't often agree with doesn't mean there's not a kernel of something value to you because it could kick off. It could really fire you up, like Jesus got you know disruption in the marketplace to where all of a sudden you really connect with what is true. Yes. So when I got back, I jotted this down, because this is the irony of it all. Of all the things we're talking about today, especially with the idea of putting joy first and thanking in advance, I wrote to myself, isn't it ironic? The best and most effective realization is that using my will to fix, solve, or attain is powerless to do so. Yeah, It causes stress, strain, and pain. But Believing, and I mean using my will to believe God will transform whatever it is for the better and resolve and bring opportunity works every time. Yes, it does. Meaning we have a higher power at our disposal. The key is to remember it's not us. And... The magic or the ignition, the key, turning the key that we have to turn it on is to simply believe it will bring about the resolution, the opportunity, and the healing. Yep. And it doesn't mean your mind isn't going to go back and forth, but that's part of the spiritual path. Just keep bringing it back. How would this feel? Now that, or how do I feel now that yeah. I am healed? How do yeah. I feel now that I'm in the position I've always wanted? How would I walk? How would I talk? How would I treat people if I was that? And be that. Yep. And man, that is thanking in advance. That's putting joy first. And you know what? If you do that with anything, little things, even traffic, you'll be calling the show You'll be writing us an email. You'll be telling your friends, like we do all the time. Holy cow, this stuff really works. It really works. It does. All right, listeners, thank you. If you want to send us something, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. We got Lois Conklin. We got your postcards. We'll share some more next week. I think I left them somewhere, but we've been sharing them. They've been arriving. Kirky sent us a couple postcards. The best part about this one, if you want to go on YouTube, you can see... The postcards, there's a stamp that's Daryl's artwork that says, let it be easy. That's the reminder we need. Let's take a deep breath to clear our mind. (sighs) So when you're tempted to curse, just remember what Daryl just said. Our self-will can't change anything, especially if it's coming from a place of fear, doubt, worry. Put it in God's hands and see what happens. So let's take a breath. (sighs) There's no need to curse. Because I put joy first. Ah. There's no need to curse. Because I put joy first. Ah. Ah.
There's no need to curse because I put joy first. Yeah. Yes. Joy first. Daryl just described what it, it takes a faith because you don't know the rational mind that's wrapped up in fear and is trying, is not going to believe it's going to work. But you just got to get into the habit of something that not many of us were told, but that when we put our word into claiming our good, we open the doorway for the good that is already present to come flowing in and then Slowly but surely, that old willful self will start to relax, and we gain more confidence to tell that part of ourselves, relax. 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 There's nothing going on here that you need to be afraid of. And that's when the fear leaves, the faith begins, and the goodness comes through. Coming up next, Unity Minister, touching the stillness meditation teacher, overall amazing person, Paulette Pipe, inspires us to awaken the joy spirit within by affirming ourselves to be joyous. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed and watching live from Chobo Studios. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. All right, welcome back to Funniest Thing with what? Myrtle and Martha? What do you have written on that board there, Indy? Oh, did... Oh, I'm sorry, guys. We're not Myrtle Fillmore and Martha Smock. We're Daryl and Ed, for crying out loud. This guy never gets it right. Hey, how are you doing, by the way? We're live from Chobo Studios. We got Indy out there. What are you doing? It's an amazing day. I got a pimple on my face that you can see on YouTube. Go to the YouTube, subscribe, see my pimple. Oh, yeah, I see uh, that. I was wondering about that star. <laughs> but yeah, we're having a wonderful day. This is a great episode. Loving it. Okay, good. It, well, you know what? We got to thank Jeff Comfort because each week he takes us right into the comfort zone. You know what? Yeah. We got a great email, folks, from an author. Uh, in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. Margaret de Air. I think that's how it's... Or de Heer. She... But we've we've received her book as a gift from a listener. Yeah. And it's the book Religion in Comics. And she... But she grew up... uh, I think her father or something was a theologian. Okay. So remember we use it because it's the best positive cliff notes on what all the big, yes. like the top seven religions are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to see that we pretty much all have the same things in common at the foundation, right? Right. Which is love each other. So someone sent us the book. Yes, and so I thanked her like yeah. six months ago, right. and she's—I mean, I thanked Margaret, the yeah. author. I right. sent, I found That's her, amazing. and said, "I just got to thank you. We love your book." So she wrote. Hi, Daryl Ned. Wow. I was so blown away by your kind words that I was speechless for six months. Yeah. Because that's how long it took her to get back to us. 
Thank you so much. Kind regards and kudos on the podcast, Margreet. And the book is called Religion in Comics, I believe, by Margaret D. Hare. H-E-E-R. Paula Pipe, how are you today? I see you. Hi, guys. I'm well. I'm blessed. Yeah? Are you enjoying the episode so far? I am. Um, lots of things coming to mind. Okay, good. Daryl, did you? Daryl's got one last thing to shoot out. Then I, I really want to. We really want to hear from you. We had a. We kept me mentioning this reading from Emmett Fox. Yeah. Are you an Emmett Fox reader, by the way, Paulette? I used to be. Okay. So you. One might... of my favorites was Bear Hugs Catch. Yes! yes. We read that recently. Yes, that's a good. Well, reminder. this one's Tail Wags Dog. If you have the book, it's from October thirty. And it goes along with what we're saying. Man controls his own life. The Bible says that God has given him dominion over all things. And this is true when he understands the truth. And the truth is that your outer conditions, your environment, are not cause, they are effect. You are not happy because you are well. You are well because you are happy. You do not have faith because things are going well. They're going well because you have faith. You're not depressed because trouble has come to you, but trouble has come because of your relation of the truth had first fallen off. Meaning we start thinking about, I'm going to get sick. Yeah. What's the use? Right. The secret of life then right. is to control your mental states, to accept sickness, trouble, and failure as unavoidable and perhaps inevitable is folly. Because it is this very acceptance by you that keeps these evils in existence. Man is not limited by his environment. He creates his environment by his beliefs and feelings. To suppose otherwise is like thinking that the tail can wag the dog. If you have been thinking that outer conditions are stronger than you are, say to yourself, tail wags dog, and immediately reverse the belief. And the Bible quote is from Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Mm. Nice. Which means we're living by these principles, whether we like it or not, and we get the results as a result of our thinking and feeling nature, whether we're ignorant of these laws or not. Yeah, we got to be careful what we let into our temple of our mind, because it will start reproducing those type of thoughts. Paulette Pipe is here today. So, Paulette Pipe, what are you thinking? What's going on? Well, you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Myrtle <laughs> Fillmore Award she the just Myrtle held Fillmore up. Myrtle Fillmore Award. Mm. <laughs> yes. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, yes. It was a big surprise. It was a big surprise that you listened to my my acceptance speech too. <laughs> it was a surprise to me because I don't often go on uh, Facebook, and somehow it suggested it. It was just perfect timing yeah. one night, and it was just what I needed to hear. And yeah, the divinity of that timing, and then us going to Unity Village, and now us together, divine, and then us meditating in Myrtle Fillmore's old office on Ninth and Tracy while we were there, and then getting in trouble by the minister. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But yes. So, yes, very mm -hmm. powerful in that room. Mm. So, as I was just listening to you read that Emmett Fox quote, it reminds me of a reading in um, 
Renee Brown's book, Daring Greatly, mm. where she talks about foreboding joy. And when everything's going well, we're just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. Know mm. that one? No. So do you know where the term waiting for the other shoe to drop even comes from? No. It's, I think it's British. Well, you <laughs> and, would know uh, then. <laughs> You're the expert. Back in the, back in the day when they came home from work, um, they didn't have TV and everything, you know, so they'd come home dog tired and they'd throw down on the bed and the shoe would drop. And then you're downstairs living underneath them. And you can hear everything that's going on. So you're waiting mm. for the other shoe to drop. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, in the book, she says that um, um, in our, I'll read this if I may. Yes, in, the culture of of deep, in the culture of deep scarcity, of never feeling safe, certain, and sure enough, Joy can feel like a setup. We wake up in the morning and think, work is going well. Everyone in the family is healthy. No major crises happening. The house is still standing. I'm working out and feeling good. This is bad. (laughs) This is really bad. (laughs) Disaster must be lurking around the corner. (laughs) And that's what we do when... We're living that expression of joy and we think it won't last. It's too good to be true. And we disrupt, we disrupt the, the status quo with those thoughts and that expectation. Because like you were saying, we'll then attract that energy that will manifest the very thing we fear. Um, the thing we fear has come upon us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what came to mind as I was listening to you read that uh, Emmett Fox dog well, wags tail. That tail goes with... <laughs> Daryl just shared with our friend Kirk through a postcard the original meaning of the word worry, the origin of it. Yes. Which is what, to choke or something? To choke, to strangle. That's what the original origin of the word worry is to strangle. Yeah, so. The choke. It starts to choke off of our good, uh, choke off our good, like Emmett Fox is sorry, we put our foot on the hose of our good. Well, I didn't think I was allowed to think joyfully because I thought if I did, I would be setting myself up for trouble isn't that crazy and the same guy mike dugan when i was earlier i go i was like but mike because he's going aren't you great look at how your life's going like because i was getting results quickly because i was so desperate so i was like reading these books and believing what they were telling me and so i would confide him i go he goes isn't this great because yeah but i'm waiting what what about when the other shoe with the other shoe drops and he said wait a minute Don't worry about the other shoe dropping. Trust me, you lost that other shoe a long time ago. (laughs) And it was just a funny way to once again click my mind. And so I would just, anytime I would start worrying, like, like even now I could do it. I'll go, wow, I feel great. I'm excited. Oh, no, I'll probably find out I have some terrible ailment, you know, and I'm wasting my time. I'm trying to be fit. It's insanity, but I keep remembering of him saying, no, you lost that other shoe already. You lost that other shoe. And it's like putting our life on hold. Like in that same book, she gives an example of this guy who, um, he was in his his 60s and he used to think like you, like you were just mentioning that the the best way to go through life is just expect the worst. So when something good happens, you feel a bit better. And then um, 
they had a car accident and his wife died in the accident. And he realized that nothing would have prepared him for that, you know, as much as he was expecting the worst, nothing would prepare him for that. And then worse still, he was grieving all the wonderful moments that he didn't get to share with her because he had had this life on hold expecting the worst. And in the book, he says, my commitment to her is to fully enjoy every moment now. I just wish she was here now that I know how to do that. Wow, that is really good. This show is getting better and better. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and it just is when I think about that story, it just makes me think that she's smiling down going, I'm here. And I'm right here with you. And it brings me great joy. And we'll be quicker than you think that we'll be together laughing about this whole thing. Because there's that's one thing that happened when we were at Unity Village, really connecting with the spirit of these teachers. I connected with the spirit of my grandmother. I had to talk with her and my grandfather. And, um, you know, because going to that place, every time I go to Unity Village, because we got no, no reason to be there other than to connect with the spirit, because we're not there on business of any sort like like we're just there we've been invited to be there and um yeah it's profound it's profound that's great love it well the funniest thing (laughs) yes well it's not funny it is funny and um in march 20 march 2021 my sister died suddenly and she was in england and i was here and because of the pandemic i couldn't get to go to her And I was also the one that was going to be officiating her service online uh, because I couldn't travel. So here I was trying to create this service while I was grieving. Anyway, a couple of days after we got the news, I remember being in bed and just sobbing, obviously. And um, I looked up and I saw on this vision board I had created months ago. It's not like a typical vision board. It's like um, a mandala. And it's got sort of images of not what I want to aspire to achieve in my life, but how I want to show up as a spiritual being. Mm. So anyway, um, backing up a bit, I had found this huge image of a butterfly and I cut it out and I put it on another vision board in another part of the house. And a couple of weeks before my sister died, I looked at the butterfly and said, oh no, you're coming with me. Took it into my bedroom, Mm. stuck it on the one in the bedroom no rhyme or reason about where it would go. And this, unlike me, because I'm very finicky about where things go and what the, the feeling is that's prompting me to put it in a certain place. I just smacked it on there with a magnet. So this day I'm in the bed weeping and I look up and I realize that the place where I stuck the butterfly is on a cutout from the back of one of the daily words where the affirmation for the day was, I am a vibration of joy. Whoa. The funny thing about that is that my sister's name is Joy. Joy. Oh, my God. So talking about connecting with the spirit, it was almost like she was trying to convey to me, yeah. I've gone back to the essence of my name yes. and my true nature. I am now a vibration of joy. Wow. And that's kind of my mantra now, uh, two years later. That's amazing. You know, I like what you Wait, uh, this is crazy. I like the way because, that you... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Wait. First of all, we had no idea this show was going to be about joy until two days ago. Yeah, that's amazing. And that not this crazy how it's all coincidentally perfect? I love this stuff. And then that ties into what I was just going to say, which is that it really is about vibration because when we attune to the vibration, then we don't need to 
talk about it. We don't need to like it, you know, we don't even need to know um on that rational level where we think we need to know because it's all it's being guided from within all the time. I think that's what I'm going through like a metamorphosis myself, like relating to this job that I've been doing, which is a lot of self-will to keep me going to a public school and doing all the stuff that I don't really feel aligned with, like med, you know, and realizing that I'm the one bringing myself there every day. So I'm not a victim of anything, but I just can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't keep forcing myself to do that when I know God is calling me to do something else. That's really what it's, it comes down to. And that, that, that vibration, because even Today I'm like ah, I'm a little grumpy. Ah, do I really want to be doing the show? I guess, uh, but the, what it really is, I just don't want to be controlling anything anymore. I don't want to be in that. I'm, you know, like I don't want to be in that controlling from a place of fear, where I'm blocking out what God is saying because God's already taken care of it. That was my talk title at the Unity gathering was God is already doing it. That, that's what came to me when I was sitting in there and. So then it's like about how do I tune in? How do we tune in? Because God's already doing the joy. God's already doing the thing. And how do I tune into it? And vibrationally is, I love how you just said that. What was the affirmation again? I am a vibration of joy. And I hate to tell you this, but I'm borrowing that too. I'm, we're all vibrations of it's joy It's the daily now. words. It's not mine. I just yeah. happen to smack the butterfly, yeah. which is the trans the the. The symbol of her metamorphosis, really. Yeah, yeah. Like but I just mean we're 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 hopping on your sister's spirit as well. We're taking that with us as well. So thank and you. And you were talking earlier about, um, you know, the, the incident at school, and you turned it into gratitude. Was that you? Or... <laughs> I have no idea. That, well, um, yeah, that, I don't know who said what. But yeah, anyway, you. Um, so my question for you is: Have you blessed the situation at the school that you? feel like you're completing with yeah um because when you can bless it then you can release it yeah. but the more you like try to push it away agreed. the more you create your suffering agreed and there's a quote um who is it um it was on youtube um it was rachel somebody i can't remember her name but it was a quote on not on youtube on facebook that says um Sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you think life would be. No, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like and learn to find the joy in the story that you're actually living. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, that um, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's kind of been my, my path is to keep blessing and keep transforming because there's a lot of uh, sort of undercover resistance all around me in that environment at times. And it's like people who are suffering and just turn it into greater resistance and hold it even tighter, you know, and like, and, and I can see that. I know exactly. And yesterday I had a moment, breakthrough moment with my friend who I was telling about this. And I, you know, the, the blessing of it was this realization that there's been a part of me that thinks that I have to, I'll just do a little more and then I'll earn my way out of it. I'll do a little more. But finally, I just gave myself credit. This was a big blessing of this. I said, I've been a part of the transformation of countless families, of countless situations. Of, and part of the blessing is giving, blessing to all of those things that like, I haven't really been fully uh, appreciating and acknowledging about what I've done. Because I've said it from the beginning, like last year when I started talking about really recognizing it's time to at least acknowledge something new is coming and, and start like be co cooperating with that. And it was, um, yeah, a lot of it, I, t I said, I want to, if, 
if and when I'm to leave this place, when I move from this place, I want it to be a, a celebratory leaving, not like, I got out of there, I got beat up, and I had to leave. Nothing like that. I want to leave there like, I, and, and more that I keep saying that, the more appreciation I get from the environment, the more my voice is being heard, the more I'm feeling it, and the more that's setting me up as a success rather than leaving something as a failure, right? So I hear, I appreciate what you just asked, because I need that to be asked again and again and again, because my mind does keep wanting to go back to like victim of this, but I can feel that's, you just said it, bear hugs kettle. That's bear, right. right? Hugging the kettle. Right. So thank Hugging you for it tighter. Thank you for that. And what was the what was the phrase you guys ended the last segment with? I don't curse because what was that? It said, "There's, there's no, no need, need to, to curse because I put, put joy first. And yeah. sometimes the repelling of the thing that's growing your consciousness, because um, you're going to take the teachings and the blessings and leave the rest eventually can be like you're cursing it rather than blessing it. Yes. So you don't have to curse. You say it again because it's not. <laughs> There's no need to curse because I put joy first. There's no need to curse because I put joy first. And so it's finding the joy in what you're actually yeah. living and then you just ease your way out of there. I'm sorry, this sounded like a counseling session. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> well, well that, that's why we secretly do it. I mean, that literally, you're this helping shows, me. Yeah, this show's a counseling session that's what, every week. <laughs> yeah, when we bring people in like you. So when you have an intuitive thought like that, I don't overlook it because it really, I always tell my wife, and we're, I'm being ministered to during these shows all the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, it's like, because I, we come away renewed and refreshed. And it's really important because I have two meetings on Wednesday for two families and I got to do the paper. And it's easy to, that triggers a lot of potential for cursing. But the truth is these, turn, these things always turn into joyous metaphysical meetings. And yeah, this is just an old habit of cursing that's like oh, coming back. And I got to give love to that part of me because there's a part of me that just felt so overwhelmed by stuff when I was younger yeah. and didn't have the tools and just was like, oh. so I just got to love that part of myself, realize I'm not in any danger. There's no threat. I don't have to defend myself. I just got to go in there and love the student. Like, that's the thing. I teach through love. And then when they start going, what are the measurements? I'm like, holy crap, I don't even know if I've done anything. But then when I take the time to reflect on it, I've done all of that too. I just don't see it through that lens. I just see it through loving my students, loving their family. And for me, like all this other stuff, I'm, I'm doing lesson plans, but I don't even think of that as that's just some weird thing I got to do to get to the point right. where I can just love and celebrate life with these kids. So you just helped me. And uh, I thank you both. Like what Daryl was saying and what you just said is really helpful because when I'm not, when I'm cursing, I turn into like a control freak and I, I don't think of myself that way, but I can do that. And I don't like that. I don't like the way that feels. I want to be out there having fun and, fun. and I want to step boldly into this environment that needs the love and the fun and the joy. Cause when I walk through that campus, people, more and more people are like, dude, you're like a celebrity here. Cause I go into a room, Mr. B, they're high-fiving me. I have handshakes with kids. I do stuff that I would never even do before dances, you know, and so there's definitely a lot of good happening there, and it's helpful for me to reframe it and recognize that because the the metrics through which things are often looked at in that environment don't often highlight that, you know, as well as they could be. But so thank you. And sometimes joy is like a Trojan horse because we we inter, uh, transpose the word joy and happiness, right? So joy is innate; it's not. Um, affected by anything ha happening outside of ourselves so you've made this 
theme for the day about joy. And it means we're going to be lighthearted and everything's going to be, you know, funny and happy. And actually, joy has this function that it can it can hold the space, it can marinate, it can root in any environment, which is what that quote I was trying to that just squandered yeah, yeah. was was talking about, yeah. right? That you can learn to experience joy in what you're actually living, whereas happiness is, but if this happens and when that changes. And so I say it's like a Trojan horse because I have this retreat workshop um, that's called Juicy, sorry, Simple Joys, Juicy Living. And it's about finding joy in the simple things of life. And people come to that because it's like, oh, thank God, she's not going to be talking about meditation and prayer and heavy stuff. We're going to go out and have some fun. And yes, we do. And then we end up in this place because you're open and lighthearted and that vibration of joy, we can go Deep Deeper. with the yeah. meditation, deep with the inquiries, and you didn't see it coming. Yeah. Whereas if I said, we're coming together today for this workshop, this retreat, to really look at our places for growth and, you know, to really experience deep meditation, they were like, you're yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. So, yeah. 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 Joy is the lubricant, right, to like, to, lo- to make that available. Like, I cried during our last show that we did at Unity Village after I had this connection with my grandmother. But the joy is what allowed me to feel like how much I, I still love her and she's not here and it allows me like even now I feel it. But it's not, it's not sorrow. There's like a set, like the tears are like, it's just reawakening how much I still love this person. And it's like this morning, I just, I like this joy is allowing me to turn, like, I was just telling God, I've been getting my ass kicked, man. I've been like, all the people, all the grief that I've like held on to has been kicking my ass, God. I don't want it. I don't want that. I need to be renewed by the transforming of my mind. And I can't pretend because then I'm not, I don't have my heart and that joy. And I don't have the connection of those people who are still with me, cheering me on, you know? And so I real, I like, I don't often like to get too worried about, is it called joy or happiness? But I do hear what you're saying in the difference in, in at least for this purpose of what we're talking about, this joy encompasses the whole of living, which includes saying goodbye to people that we love sometimes before I'm ready to to do that. And I get into a place where I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it. Thank God I've met Daryl when I did and met you and Indy. You know, it's like it's an adventure, like you just said. It's like this is nothing what I thought I was going to live like. Nothing. Like, right. Nothing. I never, dude, when I think 26 years I've been teaching in special education and I had no inkling of an idea that I would do it at all, teach or anything. I had like this, some arrogant ideas about what it was going to be, but even that was just talk. I was really scared shitless that I wasn't going to, didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't think I was even going to live until I was in my 20s. I was so anxiety ridden. But it wasn't until my mom got super mad and was like, I told her I'm going to get a, a, a job at a coffee shop uh, until I figure out what to do. And she got real angry and she brought me some slacks and took me to like a temp service. And I was filing at Hewlett Packard and I was ripping the knees out of the slacks she got me. And I was like, this sucks. What can I do? And I finally went to the, the career center. The first time in, in my career that I actually said, what do I, what can I do? But it was just me. And I started working with students with autism, children with autism, because I had seen one video in one of the rare classes I went to, and it made sense to me. 
26 years later, I'm still God. That was how God nudged me down that trail. It's insane. The same thing with even getting into psychology. Psychology was like a dirty word or like some weird thing in my house. I just said, how am I going to get out of this school with what I have? And the easiest major was psychology. And it turned out to be the thing that I'm good at. It's just insane. But that's like every time it was like God put me in a position where I just made a choice on my own. It ended up being the right one. It's always the right one. It's insane. Well, because it's, it's soul alignment. We probably yeah. signed up for these contracts before we got here. And yeah. whatever meandering road or detour we have to take, we get there. Or like I was saying earlier, we're in a place that might not be our destination, but we can garner blessings and lessons and uh, leave the rest when we move to our next iteration. Yeah, 100%. And it's never too late. And time was never wasted because we're always, no, time. no we're always still a child. I'm 61 years old, but I'm still a child. I still think like a child, like the child I was when I was eight. Yeah. I'm st that's still inside me. That is me. Yeah. And this other stuff that upsets me is usually stuff that isn't congruent with anything that is really a spiritual truth. But sometimes because it's coming from someone that I have been told is someone of authority like a parent or, you know, a teacher or, you know, whoever my brain or a newscaster or a minister. It could be anyone that on my mind consciously goes, Ooh, they're of authority. Well, the key is in how does it make me feel? And if it makes me feel constricted, I was thinking this this morning, anything that is not right for me always makes me feel constricted yeah. and not relaxed and joy filled. And everything that is naturally right for me feels joyful, so much so that I'm doing, I'll do what was brought up by um, Paulette from the reading, which is, that's too good to be true. Right. But that's not too good to be true. That's the very thing God wants me to do. And it's already yeah. coming to me. And if I just stay out of telling myself that's too good to be true, Literally, if that's all I do, the opportunity will come out of left field and it'll be a joyful nudge. And I'll go, all right, I'll send them this. Or, okay, I'll inquire about that. Every good thing that's I've been well compensated yeah. for, everything. I mean, in any opportunity where the chance to say that's too good to be true if I let go of that, I've done things in my 60 years that, are, that aren't even imaginable coming from where I came back right. in Clifton, New Jersey with the family I had and the things that happened, working on movie sets, working on TV, doing this, doing that, being in the Coast Guard, everything. Right. You know, yeah. everything makes no sense. But the hardest part is giving up that uh, falling, I should say, falling prey to the general consensus of doom and gloom. Mm. It's too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to get mm -hmm. sick. Mm -hmm. You know, all that. That's, this is where it separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. And, you know, it could be summed up as it works if you work it. Right. Yeah. Meaning... 
And it's not something horrible to do. It's not difficult because all these teachings are asking me to get in touch with the God within. Loving myself is loving God. Treating myself with, I got to go do this. I got to tough it out. Everyone does it this way. What do you expect from life? You know, no one gets a free ride, which is me just telling myself, you got to suffer. And that's not true. That's the antithesis of success. But somehow along the line, the, the, the newscasters, the success coaches, the teachers, the football coaches, made I, I interpreted what they said as there's virtue and suffering. The only place you're going to get anywhere doesn't come without suffering. Right. If you want to get somewhere. And all of that is bunk because the best places I've gotten in life, how I met my wife, I was invited to a party. I mean, it's never out of suffering. Right. Nothing good in my life that's came into my life came from me suffering. I've delayed many good things in my life by thinking I needed to suffer and I stayed places too long and in relationships too long. Believing because, you know, well, you know, I got to tough it out. But no, as soon and Mike Dugan help me that. He'd say, Daryl, how would you feel if you said, I'm leaving this relationship? Or if you said, I'm not doing this career choice anymore? How would you feel? Because he knew what the answer was. And the answer was, I feel relieved. He goes, well, there you have it. He goes, what is your serenity worth? And he helped me this too with people that um, betrayed my trust with financial things in the past. He would say, because I'd be like, well, you know, they, they ripped me off for, you know, 5,000 bucks or whatever it was at the time, which was a lot, significant amount at that time. And he said, Daryl, what's your peace of mind worth? Is it mm. worth more than 5,000 bucks? I said, yeah. He goes, well, there you have it. Let him have it. Let it go. And you know what? I guarantee you, you're going to be more than compensated by God, by the universe, because you're able to just let it go. Forget about it. Yeah. Consider it an investment in the best money market you could have imagined, and you will get 10 times more. And I've gotten more than 10 times more since then. Yep. This stuff is the the antithesis of everything I learned. And the great news is it works. So you guys remember that we met on Unity Online Radio, right? Yes. Yes. That for me is the epitome of joy in doing what you love from a place of joy. And how that happened was I was at the time when... Um, Unity Online Radio was was launched. I was working as the manager of the retreat department at Unity Village. And backstory, they had waited so long for me to get there because of my visa application stuff, 18 months. That by the time I got there, many things had changed. So it wasn't the job that I thought I was applying for. But then they launched this thing called Unity Online Radio. And I was like, what is that? How, how do you get on there? I mean, tell me more. And I couldn't get anyone to give me any information. And one day at convention, I'm sharing a table with the then um, online radio manager, Mindy Audlin, and I'm putting out my 
flyers for the retreats that are coming up and she's putting out the flyers for the host on the radio. And she says to me, so where's your proposal? What proposal? Well, I thought you wanted to be on the radio. Well, I don't even know what it is. I can't get anyone to answer my questions. Mm. And we sat there and put together the, uh, the flow of my new show that was going to be called Touching the Stillness, like everything else in my life. Wow. It's going to be called Touching the Stillness. It was going to have three segments. One would be my thought for the day. One would be um, my meditation. And then the other would be prayer requests. And that was in June and November 8th on, um, that was the year that Mr. Obama won the presidency, 2008. November 8th, 2008. Is that right? Whatever. November 4th, 2008. Whatever it was, was the day of my first show. Hmm. And I tell you, on a Tuesday, I would light up like a firecracker. And I would say to people, I dare anybody to ask me how I am on a Tuesday. Oh, I just did my show and it was so good. And we had this one yeah. and we're going to do this and we had this music. And I'm just like, I'm pressing, I'm like going to the, into the cafeteria and I'd be just like floating. Yes. And then Wednesday, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> and then I'd go back, you know, getting ready for the next one. And I was just in this giddy place every Tuesday. So, you know what I did? One day I was at, um, one Saturday in August, 2009. I remember it vividly. I was at the altar doing my meditation and I was singing in the back of my mind, this song that had been in my mind for several days that week. What would I do today if I were brave? And I thought, you know, let me journal on that. So I put everything aside and I started journaling. I had this fantasy about what I would do. I would go into the office and I would say, thank you for waiting for me. And, you know, thank you for this opportunity to serve. I need to go out and I need to to do this radio full time, blah, blah, blah. And I started dancing around the house in my vibration of joy as if I'd won the lottery. Yes. It was just the thought of it. It I wasn't going to do anything with it. I was just the thought of it and what that would be like. I was in my joy. Monday morning. I go into the office and I call my my manager and I say, can I meet you? But I don't really know what I'm going to say because we had something that we needed to finish off. But I go in and I'm just giggling. Mm. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I said what I had fantasized on Saturday and I resigned. And I left my full-time job with benefits and, you know, salary, sustained income. And I went self-employed, which was primarily not earning any money because I went so that Mm. I could do the radio and that would be my gig. Because it brought me so much joy. I wanted that joy all week long, not just on a Tuesday. Yes. And that was my story. And I did that for the next 10 years. That's exactly how we feel. And that's exactly what our show is the measuring stick for like this other gig I have. And it's like, just like I told you about Dulce. I showed her the video of me here in class one day, and she's like, where's that guy? And it, that her doing that, like Daryl says it to me all the time, but in that environment, seeing me and feeling where I was feeling and her saying that was like, wow, that's very, yeah. very telling. Yeah. Yeah, now she helps me in the meanwhile be that person more because it's like now she knows. Like she's seen me turn into Superman. You know, right. I can't keep as one door starts to close and the other one gets ready to open, but you can be your authentic, joyful, yeah. vibrating self. But you're giving me the next step, which uh, Daryl and, and and Stephen Tom Thorpe gave me the book. What's it called about that little red book? It works. It Remember works. that little red pamphlet size book? Do you, do you have one on hand, Indy, that you can uh, hold it's up? It's in the front house, but it's by R.H.J. You can get it on By R.H.J. I'm, sh- I'm sure, Paulette, you've seen it. It's 22 before. pages long, and it just basically says, make a list of your desires, keep it in your pocket, 
read it three times a day and just keep clarifying what that is so you're focused on what you desire. And so that's kind of like you had that moment of bing, now yeah. I know. And you, yeah, I want to be that joyful minister yeah. more of the time. Yeah. Well, you and are right now with us. I see you as that. 100%. I think that's why you look so beautiful and so young. I keep aging in spite of thinking joyful thoughts. So you don't. <laughs> well, I have my moments, you know. I was born on a Wednesday. You know that saying, Wednesday's child, like Monday's child is da-da-da. What uh, what's Tuesdays? I was born on I a Tuesday. Monday's child is fair face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder what day I was born. It's like I've been, yeah, trying to fend that one off. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you're doing a great job. I am so happy you joined us today. Are we going to get a little joy meditation? Yo, can we do a short little joyful meditation before we close? Sure. I have a, I have a meditation that's called um, Mudita meditation, and it's a bit like loving kindness meta meditation, but you're focusing on cultivating joy. You Perfect. Guys, you guys got to hold this a second. I got to pee. I'll be right back. Oh, man. <laughs> So while we're waiting, while yes. we're waiting, let's have a joy break with yeah. the following affirmation from one of the cards in Gabrielle Bernstein's card deck that says, when I introduce joy to a situation, I change the vibrational frequency of what's happening around me. Yes. When I introduce joy to a situation, I change the vibrational frequency of what's happening around me and so it is ah shall i begin yes ed's here i don't want to miss it by thinking about peeing well you become like me a monk a wanna... warrior monk <laughs> <laughs> You're also the biggest little kid we know. Don't talk about this aging nonsense. Yes. <laughs> I do like the fact that you're complimenting Paulette, but everyone knows you're the biggest child amongst us here. <laughs> Playful. Okay. It's a spiritual quality. Indeed. So I'm just going to repeat that affirmation one more time. When I introduce joy to a situation, I change the vibrational frequency of what's happening around me. And that's what we're going to do right now is change the vibrational frequency of what's going on around us and what platitudes and mantras that we're quoting inside that do not serve, do not amplify and raise that vibration of frequency that allows us to think the thoughts that are magnetic to manifest what we want in our lives, what we desire and how we want to show up. Mm. So I invite you to take a deep breath in and slowly exhale every drop of air from your lungs and then make any micro adjustments that you need to in order to be fully relaxed and open and receptive. Perhaps it's to allow your feet to be more grounded into the earth or Gently pinch your shoulder blades together behind you so that you can open your chest, that when you take in the breath, it can fill your lungs to capacity and facilitate that relaxation mode. Perhaps your shoulders need to drip down from your ears. 
or you adjust your posture so you're just a little bit more upright. And then your eyes sink more deeply into their sockets. Your jaw and cheekbones soften and your face relaxes, as does the back of your head, your spine and torso. Your seat sinks more deeply into the chair. And as we breathe in, pause and exhale, we feel that vibrational frequency of joy settling into our bones, settling into our being, and yet radiating out from us. Now I invite you to bring to mind the current situation in your life. Reflect on something positive that's happening, even if you have to dig deep. The fact that you're here listening, that you had a meal today, something positive, just focus on that. Focus on appreciation and gratitude. And then silently repeat, may I be joyful. May my happiness increase. May I never be separated from great happiness. May my good fortune and the causes of my joy and happiness ever increase. Breathe in, exhale. If you're experiencing challenges or seeming misfortunes, see if you can find something, again, no matter how small, that you can focus your appreciation on. Remember, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like and learn to find the joy in the story you're actually living. So no matter how minute, pinpoint something positive, something you can be grateful for, something that elicits your innate joy, and breathe into that. Breathe in joy, exhale the pain, the confusion, the doubt, the regret. And silently affirm again, may I be filled with joy, may I be joyful. May my joy increase. May I never be separated from great happiness. And may my good fortune and the causes of my joy and happiness increase.
Breathe in joy. Exhale anything unlike joy. And in this moment, allow the opposite of your joy to be transformed and transmuted into its spiritual equivalent with your next breath in and out. And from that place of safety, bring your attention to your loved ones who may be going through challenge or change that seems to be robbing their joy and hold a safe and loving space for them. Know with each and every one of them that they too are a vibration of joy. No matter what is going on in their lives, it doesn't change that fact because the joy is innate, part of the spiritual DNA, not dependent on anything going on outside of us. Breathe in joy and exhale that vibration of joy in your loved one's direction and affirm for them. May you be joyful. May your happiness and joy increase. May you never be separated from great happiness. And may your good fortune and the causes of your joy and happiness increase. Breathe in. Exhale. And now bring your attention to those who are your teachers, your button pushers, those who irritate you, frustrate you, those with whom you disagree or may be in contention with. First of all, breathe in compassion into your heart for yourself. Breathe out compassion for the situation and those involved. And now breathe in joy and exhale joy in their direction. As once again we affirm, may you be joyful. May your joy increase. May you never be separated from great happiness. And may your good fortune and the causes of your joy and happiness increase. And lastly, we close our Mudita Cultivating Joy Meditation by extending and appreciating joy and well-being, not just for ourselves, but for all others now and in the future in all directions of time-space sequence. No matter what is to come, no matter what is happening now, no matter what needs to be changed and transformed, we hold this safe space of joy as we breathe joy in and exhale that vibration of joy around the planet for all beings, all sentient beings, now and in the future. And silently we affirm, may you be joyful. May your joy and happiness increase. 
may you never be separated from great happiness and the expression of innate joy. And may your good fortune and the causes of your joy and happiness ever increase and be expressed regardless of the situation, condition, or circumstance you find yourself living in right now. Breathe in. Hold that breath. Exhale joy. Breathe in. Hold that breath. Exhale joy. Now bring your hands to prayer position with your thumbs resting on your sternum. Breathe in joy once more. Hold that. Let it seep into your heart, your soul. Exhale joy in all directions. That also includes yourself and your environment, your loved ones, your community, and the entire world. From that place of joy, unimpeded by any situation or circumstance, to that place of joy in me, I bow to that place of joy in you. Namaste, so be it. Amen. Ah. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Now we have a story to share about Paulette Pipe. I think there's someone to thank. Who's there to thank? Rod Schweitzer. He gave us coffee. Rod Schweitzer, thank you for the delicious <laughs> coffee. Thank you, Nancy Norman, for the mugs. Oh, yeah, we got our shirt. Oh, Nancy Norman. We got our shirts also. Oh, there's We got a hat for Indy from Groundwork Coffee. We got shirts while we were in Unity Village. Mine says, praise well with others. It has the silent unity. What do you call that Coppola. thing up there? Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. Coppola. And yours says, heavily meditated and has the labyrinth. Lori saw that. My wife saw this. I go, what do you think of my shirt? She looked at it. Heavily medicated? I said, no. And then she saw it heavily meditated. Yeah. Man, I can feel that joy in my bones. Yes. That was amazing. Paulette Pipe, where should they reach out to find you? Yes. Uh, touchingthestillness.org is my website. I, too, am on YouTube, Paulette Pipe at Touching the Stillness, or is it Touching the Stillness with Paulette Pipe? Anyway, either of those names will get you there. And I'm also a teacher on the Insight Timer app. Wow. Celebrity. No, that's great because a lot of people don't know the Insight ti uh, Timer app is the best little free meditation app you yeah. can get. And if you're having trouble sleeping at night or you want to take a break in your car, you can choose the topic or the meditator you enjoy. Yeah. And now you could punch in Paulette Pipe yeah. and, and listen to one of her meditations. Right. The alliteration. I also, I yeah, also have a, um, a live event on Insight Timer every Wednesday where we meditate and Whoa. it's dedicated. We spend time in noble silence that's dedicated to the entire world and those who are suffering, because there's always some story in the news. So we take that and yeah. we focus on 
on clearing the energy in in ourselves and for and and standing proxy for them. What time? And then I do another one. That's one o'clock Central Time on a Wednesday on Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. And then on Zoom, I have um, biweekly a thirty minute meditation, and you can get the information about that on the calendar page of my website. Okay, great. Wow. Punch in pipe, man. That's a good alliteration for you to use. Punch in pipe. <laughs> or it could cut. be Paulette piping hot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like they said, Unity of New York. There you go. That's awesome. Um, do you have anything on Inside Timer? I had one a long time ago, that one we did. Yeah, so you might be able to find Daryl on there, too, because that rings a bell. Now, are we going to tell this story we found about oh, yeah. Paulette Pipe when she was a young girl well, going we, to yeah. school in Surrey? That's right. <laughs> she was already touching the stillness, very mindful back then of what she was hearing. And one day her science teacher, Mr. Smarty Pants, was teaching about atoms. At dinner that night, Paulette looked very concerned. Her mother asked her, what's wrong, Paulette? Paulette shared. Am I really going to try to do an English accent? Okay. What's wrong, Paulette? I learned about atoms today in science class, and I just don't trust them. Her mother replied, why not, Paulette? Mr. Smarty Pants said they make up everything. <laughs> I don't know what's funny, the bad accent or the joke. <laughs> I was just curious. I mean, what? who can take the sunrise? I don't know. Sprinkle it would do. Cover it in chocolate. And, and a, a miracle, miracle or two. two. The Candyman can. Oh, yes. Paulette Pipe can. The Candyman can because he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. That's right. Paulette Pipe, we love you. Touching the stillness. .org. Visit DarylNed.com to find easy links to everything we do. And thanks for being a part of Funniest Thing with Daryl Who can take a rainbow? Wrap it in a sigh. Soak it in the sun and make a groovy lemon pie. The Candyman. The Candyman can. The Candyman can because he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Woo! Jobo loves you. Daryl and Ed love you. Paul and Pike. Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards. Five hundred dollars. Really? See, two hundred dollars for you. One hundred dollars for you. What the hell? <laughs> oh no! Hundred dollars for you. Are you serious? Yeah. I give you When you record your podcast at Chobo Studios, you're helping people in need. Here at Chobo, we take a bold stance on helping the community by giving away 10% of all revenue, not just profit, to kind, hardworking people in the streets of Los Angeles. And thanks to all these wonderful podcasters, we've been able to give $1,400 this year alone through our kindness initiative, Chobo Kindness. Brought to you by Chobo Studios, LA's premier podcasting powerhouse. Follow for more.